Welcome to Hip Hop Movie Club, where three old heads put their old heads together to vibe on some of the most memorable or forgettable hip hop themed movies of all time. And here's HHMC with your HHMCs, Boogie, JB, and Dino Wright. Season 5, Episode 5, Roxanne, Roxanne. Directed by Michael Larnell and produced by Nina Yang, Bon Jovi, Mimi Valdez, Pharrell Williams, and Forrest Whitaker. Released in 2017 and featuring Shantae Adams, Elvis Nolasco, Mahershala Ali, Kevin Phillips, and Nia Long. We'll answer the question, who was the real Roxanne? Set in the early 80s in Queens, New York, Roxanne Roxanne is a biographical film about the precocious young battle MC Roxanne Shantae. At the age of 14, Shantae was well on her way to hip-hop promise, all while balancing school, hustling to provide for her family, and trying to avoid the pitfalls of the streets. Boogie, what did you take out of Roxanne Roxanne and your initial thoughts here? All right, so Roxanne Shante is probably one of the most feared battle MCs on the scene. And she was only 14 coming out of the Queensbridge projects. And I do love the way I love that they did, you know, mention that in the film. And she's also one of my favorite MCs, just off the fact that she had no fear when it came down to the battle. She took on any and everybody that stepped in front of her. And the story definitely brings that across as well. It's very authentic because I've heard a lot of the scenarios that were mentioned in the film. I've heard them directly from her, like the shoplifting that she used to carry out to keep the bills paid. Um, Marley Mall invited her up to his apartment to record and then them pushing that song around to the radio stations and then finally getting played. The Roxanne Wars where everybody was creating a, a response to Roxanne's revenge and just coming out of the woodwork to her manager, you know, shortchanging her out of her earnings, the random guys sexualizing her and saying that they wanted to be her man just off of, you know, the course to a, to a, um her song, the domestic abuse that she suffered, and, you know, before even that relationship. So, like, all those different things that were in the film, I've definitely heard those. So just seeing them on film just added a little little flavor to, to you know, the background of it. I do feel like Shantae Adams did a bang-up job portraying her. Like, she was good. She was spot on. Nia Long is Nia Long. You know, she's going to deliver. Whatever she's portraying, you know, she's portraying a character that you like. You're going to love her. In this instance, she played a, a mother that had to make some hard decisions and had a hard life. So you're not necessarily like her in every aspect of the portrayal, but you got to respect her for what she laid out on the film. Mahashala Ali one of the smoothest brothers out there, but he was convincing, very charismatic, but when he turned, he came across very authentic as a guy that you you hated. You know, we got to see some of the, the Juice Crew members, you know, being Marley Maul, MC Shan, Biz Mark, so it was, it was good to see them um, get some props in the film as well. We got to see that Death Fresh Crew scene, which we'll talk about that a little later, because I've heard about that song and how it came about. I've seen the actual video clip so it, the little background that you know went into the film, I, I didn't really, I didn't really know that. So it was it was good to see that, and probably the the the, the last thing that I enjoyed was 
we got to see a young, young Nasir Jones who grew up to be one of the greatest lyricists ever, you know, Nas. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely worth watching if you don't know much about Roxanne Shante. You know, we'll, we'll get into a little bit of some of the nuances that, you know, we wish we felt were lacking, but I definitely think that it delivered. Yeah, the acting was excellent. As you said, Neil Long, Myershal Ali, they were great in the film. This was in the era of the early 80s where I first kind of discovered hip hop and fell in love with it. And I remember the battles back and forth with the Roxanne and Roxanne songs, starting with UTFO and then Roxanne Chante's with Roxanne's Revenge. And then there were many, many variations. And I always thought it was entertaining. And she was battle tested and she, she never disappointed. But I didn't really know the whole backstory. So it was interesting to see her rough upbringing, how she had to resort to shoplifting. She had a stern mother who had some demons of her own with drinking. She was trying to help support her sisters. She had like three sisters, I think. Mm -hmm. And she was like the mother figure because the mother was kind of, like I said, hooked on the bottle a little bit. And they were kind of very fearful of her. So all that she went through and 14 when this record comes out i mean she dealt with so much and as you said there's a lot of there's a lack of the father figure and then the male figures that she does encounter always you know were both verbally and physically abusing her and some in a sexual manner so i give her a lot of kudos for breaking through all of that yeah shante adams who plays shante is terrific wow uh, i had not seen her in anything and so took a little bit of an uneven kind of script and and direction but wow was so good you have to be pretty good to to go one-on-one with marsha ali who's an oscar winner and she was great i really enjoyed i mean she ate up every scene so good i enjoyed seeing some of the 80s stuff too like there's a lot of there's a couple plot points around sergio valente like that took me back if you weren't wearing Sergio Valente, you better be wearing Jordash because that was it. <laughs> but yeah, enjoyable. I I was glad I watched it. Uh, there was it was nice to see things like Nas, like the origins of Nas and the origins of Bismarcky and some of the other names that we've we've heard about and listened to for for many years um, weaved into the story here. Shout out to Queensbridge. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I picked up on those 80s tidbits, too. I love that era. In addition to Sergio Valente, there was a Crazy Eddie TV commercial, if you picked up on that. Yes, that was great. <laughs> so for those that don't know, in the New York and Tri-State area, Crazy Eddie was an like electronics company and store. And this ridiculously loud and obnoxious character would do the commercials named Crazy Eddie. Our prices are insane. <laughs> We need to put a clip. We need to find a clip for the show notes. Yes, for put sure. a commercial in the show notes. And if you need and to see Crazy Eddie, I must put this in the show notes. Yes. <laughs> and Video Music Box was portrayed. You saw, yeah, uh, watching uh, Ralph McDaniel's and, and kind of being mesmerized by that. So you know that was kind of neat. The nostalgia, that the hairstyle, the scenery. You know, back in the eighties was kind of neat. To, to take a trip down memory lane. 
Yeah, but it's a very it's a tough tale uh, of, of her upbringing, like we said, because it's a single parent household with multiple children, young children, and she had to grow up way too fast. She was super talented with the microphone, winning these rap battles. Uh, she had her friend Renita as her hype person. <laughs> she just kept saying, the champ is here. The champ is here. She I said love that. <laughs> dozens of times. <laughs> but it was sad to see that uh, her mom, Peggy, played by Neil Long, as you said, um, was stern, but she was still had a, a great heart trying to make a better situation. They were going to move to Jersey. She had saved up to like 20 grand. But when she first showed that to her boyfriend, I guess that was a mistake. He absconded with it. They lost all that money. They never tracked him down. And things got more and more difficult as Peggy spiraled a little bit out of control. Unfortunately, Roxanne Chate, she wanted to move out. She moved out by the age of 14 and, and was moving to this friend Tone. And it was a small apartment. And she was shoplifting really to, to kind of pay her bills and try to help out her sisters also. But he eventually sexually assaulted her, which was a bad situation. She has to come back home and just kind of really messy situation. Yeah, she, she was battle tested on and off the stage, hard, hard life and trying to juggle an aspiring career in a male dominated industry is just tough. On top of that, you know, everyone's looking at her and they, they're thinking she's older than what she is, but she's no, she's really that young. <laughs> you know, she, she's in the clubs because, you know, she's entertaining and, you know, she can put on a good show as far as battling, but yeah, she's not a drinker. You know, she's not that age to be drinking or in a normal sense, she didn't even be allowed in the club, <laughs> but she got all these grown men approaching her and it's just hard to watch. <laughs> Unfortunately, like I said, she gets taken advantage of. She does meet up with Cross, and she had known Cross from the past. She had watched his son for a little spell there when he was at a convenience store early in the, in the movie. But then she kind of links back up with him, and he's giving her gifts. You know, he gave her a mink coat at one point. She had never really had that kind of a gift given to her, and she was kind of a little bit overwhelmed by that. And falling for him but he had demons of his own you know he was in the drug game he was doing doing cocaine and and, and dealing and we all know the perils of that like you said boogie she was able to record that song with marley marl who was up in the apartment room all the while doing her laundry there was a joke about that i saw an interview where she's like i did this while doing my laundry <laughs> um because she didn't want to disappoint her mom marley marl who's a legendary producer in the rap game he warned her, "Be careful taking gifts from people because they're going to they're going to expect something in return." But she, she had a she got a car and jewelry from some other folks, and there's a lot of jealousy that unfolds. Yeah, yeah, he was trying to warn her as a friend, but also at the same time, like you said, there's a little bit of hint of jealousy because yeah, she's the headline. Everybody's really coming to the show to see her, <laughs> and uh, that that actually leads to the to the backdrop for the Death Fresh Crew. Um, song because it actually comes to a head before a show where Marley just outright tells her like, yo, you, you're putting on whole behavior. You know, you're taking stuff from all of these guys. They're expecting something in return. She's trying to tell them that that's not the case, but tempers flare and Marley, Marley just refuses to perform as the backup DJ, the background DJ with any of her songs for the shows. And with that, he has all of the music. So Biz Markey volunteers to beatbox for her 
while she performs and he goes out and he starts beatboxing and she raps over that beat acapella and, and that actually became one of her biggest hits and they actually ended up going back to the studio and recording that and putting it out there but um yeah there's an actual clip of them I, I actually watched it before we started recording again today just to see if it was still out there but yeah there's clips of of that actual performance the two of them performing that It was, it was neat to see Bismarcky in his early days starting out as a beatboxer. And then if you're a hip hop fan, you know, you know, he had a, a ton of success you know, when just a friend became mainstream, but vapors he had, he was legendary and, you know, he was taken from us too soon yeah. just last year. Her saying or, or rapping, uh, he's Bismarcky is like burn into my brain. Like I can never forget that just one snippet. Mm -hmm. followed by mr dynamite sample from james brown so uh, <laughs> i'll go to my grave knowing he's bismarcky <laughs> so yeah marley marl's morning hair cross too was really possessive and very rough uh with roxanne shantae and you can see it kind of spiraling a little bit out of control as well there was a scene and it looks like it was in a diner with Roxanne Shante and her mom Peggy with Cross and they were like she was like, staring at him trying to figure out who he was and she was straight up with him trying to figure out who the F you are she's she's only 16 you were darn near my age yep. and she was just kind of cussing him out like what do you want to do with her like he he she kind of had that sense that he was trying to take advantage of her or it wasn't a good fit yeah and, I love how she called him out <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, when she said, when she said, this part, she said, you know, she's 16, you're, you're almost you're in my age. I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, and, and despite I mean, Peggy's shortcomings uh, as a mother, and she had tough, you know, with, with the alcohol abuse and like that, man, she stood up for her and was trying to make sure that she was taken care of in terms of not being taken advantage of by someone that was a little bit older. I think she sensed that he had um, some demons in his closet as well. Yeah. I have he to was... point out. Oh, God, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, you know, Cross was super physically and verbally abusive to her. Yep. Go ahead. I have to point out that Shantae's first, first name is Lolita. And so if any of you read this Nabokov novel, this sort of a reverse Lolita situation here. She's not the one seducing the older man. It goes the other way around. As a choice for a name, I thought that boy, that's that's loaded. Why name yeah. your daughter Lolita? That's that's tough. I actually, you're setting, have him, up, that in my you're setting him up for some character building, if nothing else. Yeah. So, oof. Yeah, I actually mentioned that in my notes as well. I was like, wow, that's a bit of a twist there. <laughs> yeah, Cro Cross was no good for her. Uh, he ends up hitting her several times, and. Um, the line that stuck with me is, you know, I only hit you because I love you. And that's kind of like something you see sometimes in domestic abuse. Like, I only do that because I care. Like, I'm only yelling because I care so much. I'm like, I mean, that's not a justification. Uh, and then he gives her like a gold chain in the one scene, I think, when she was taking a bath. Mm -hmm. But when it all, they had a child together. And then like, finally, I forget, the child is just a, an, a toddler, I guess I would say. Um she wants to call it quits and then he really explodes and they have a physical fight and he ends up like kind of 
choking her and and abusing her. She fractured three ribs, and uh, yeah, it's an ugly scene. Yeah, that was that was that was tough to watch. <laughs> um, yeah, put her put her in the hospital with some fractured ribs. But then the crazy thing about it is, while she's laying in the hospital, the nurse is like, "Oh yeah, your your father and your 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 brother, you know, your father and your brother were here." And, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, he actually took her to the hospital and said he was her father, and that was like that was her brother instead of her son." I'm like, "Wow, the, the nerve." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the psychopathy. <laughs> yeah, that's just wow. That's that. That's that Tupac and Juice behavior right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's yeah, I was wondering if he if he if he said that or if she just mistook them him for the as the father because of the age difference. I don't know if he like registered when he went to visit as as the father. I don't. I don't know how that played out. But either way, I mean, he. He was trying to possess her, so to speak, and take ownership of her her life. Yeah. Yeah. I think the good thing about that scene is that you know while she's there, her mother and the sisters came, and that was kind of like her. All right, baby, it's time to come on home. Come on home. <laughs> you know what's going on. You know you're in the hospital bed now. It's time to come home. And I and I you know she actually ended up leaving to go to go back with them. Yeah, that that's point. rock bottom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she wants to she wants a fresh start. And you see that she gets a haircut at the end. Towards the end, she gets a haircut. And she was saying, like, this this rap game's not for me, like F rap. Four years and still no album. She was talking to Ray, her manager. She's like, I put in all this time and effort and energy into this, and it's not paying off in a literal sense or figuratively. Um and towards the end, uh, you know, she wants custody of her child. She wants her child back that she had with Cross. And the sinister Cross says, you got any money? You know, I want 10K for the child. So uh, she ends up going seeing a lawyer, which did you catch? It was played by Ad-Rock. That was great. <laughs> I was like, wait voice. a minute. That's, yeah. that's Adam Horowitz. <laughs> he plays it so good, too. <laughs> so they come up with the money, and she does get her, her son back. And then the you know the closing scene is uh, she had encountered Nasir who as a as a child who wanted to you know step to her with some rap and see how he was and she had told him you know you got to get your stuff together you know better, you better do a good job and work hard at it and when I see you I want to see you really come with it and then at the end you know he comes with a really well crafted rap it was kind of like oh Nas has grown up this is Nas. And, yeah, it's a true story that she influenced him big time. <laughs> it was a good after credit scene, which had the real Roxanne Chante. Yeah, from years ago, being interviewed, she was saying how the you know the men back then weren't really stepping up. Yeah, that was a good addition. I thought. Yeah, I think she. I think maybe that was when she was joking about the laundry. Mm-hmm. While well, she recorded with Marley Marl, that initial. Yeah. Roxanne's Revenge. Yeah. I think I for think... a film, it looked good. There was that scene where they they cut between the conception and the birth and the abuse. That was really well done. That that was like, whoa, quick move. It, it sort of almost didn't fit with the rest of the movie, but like, wow, they really it really worked. <laughs> yeah, the cinematography that's used there, like 
those quick scenes. Uh, but I, I think in saw like Roger Ebert's review, he really he touched upon that as well. That was yeah. impressive. In um, I was reading something that Roxanne's Revenge was ranked number forty-two on VH1's one hundred greatest songs of hip hop. That was from back in two thousand eight. So there's been a lot of other content produced since then. But in the this film, which was out, out there on Netflix, if you guys want to see it, was shown at the 2017 Sundance Film Festival, and it received a lot of acclaim, especially Shante Adams' performance as a breakout performer. A couple of things out there that I question or you know would have liked to see done a little bit better. We were talking about this a little bit before we recorded. Like, I didn't really get the sense that we saw the importance or full significance of Roxanne Shante's legacy. To me, she's, I mean, I admire her strength and heroism. Um, she really is like a martyr. She never really made it big. She kind of retired around age 25 or so um, because of all the hardships. But she definitely paved the way for so many female rappers to come. And I don't think the writing really illustrated that. There was no like epilogue saying, you know, I would love to see clips of like some of the acts that came after her and made it and did make it big, like the MC Lights, Queen Latifah, even all the way up through, you know, Missy Elliott, Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, all these folks that like females had no voice in the game until Roxanne Shante came out. Yeah, I think towards her later song, like I remember there was one song that she put out called Big Mama. Which she, well, she basically just decimated everybody out, any female rappers that were out. But there's a couple of times she mentions in her later um, songs that, you know, I gave birth to most of y'all MCs, you know, re referencing, you know, the legacy that she that she put forth and giving the female MC a voice in a male dominated industry. So she knew where she knew her significance, but it would have been nice, like you said, to see some of that portrayed in the film as well, even if it's just a, an epilogue, you know, something, some kind of mention of it. It really doesn't give you the payoff of all the hardship that he went through. Like, it, it was all for like nothing. You see that, oh, she enabled Nas. Like, what? that's not quite the message I think we wanted to see or we were, we were supposed to get. And not like, oh, because of Roxanne Shante, we got MC Light and, and Queen Latifah and Cardi B and stuff like that. so, yeah. <laughs> I don't think her legacy was put in the proper context. Yeah, I also wish the film would have mentioned some of the beef between um, Boogie Down Productions and the Juice Crew. I mean, because it, it kind of kicked off, you know, with you know Karis when MC Shango kind of at each other back and forth. But then when Karis one put that infamous line in the bridge is over, you know, Roxanne Shante is only good for steady bumping, but um, you know, for lack of a you know, they want to use the, the actual word, but. But this prompted Roxanne Shante to respond on Have a Nice Day, one of, her, one of my favorite songs from her. And she says, you know, now Karis One, you should go on vacation with a name sounding like a whack radio station. And as for Skylar Rock, you should be ashamed. <laughs> Skylar Rock said it's yours. He didn't mean his name. So step back, peasants, popping all that junk, or else beady people stand for broken down punks. Because I'm an all-star just like Julia Servant, and Roxanne Shante is only good for steady serving. And I was like, What? <laughs> when I heard the first time I heard that, like you know, KRS One is like you know, like like few people want to battle KRS One, and when she put that out, 
I don't think Harris one ever responded to that. Like I, I'm looking, like I don't recall him ever responding to that. But she just really like just put it out there, like yo, listen, don't put my name in your mouth. <laughs> this is what's going to happen because everybody think about it. Harris one, it does sound like a radio station, <laughs> but like when she said mm-hmm. it, I was like, wow. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and listen to that track. I never heard that when I first heard it. I was like, wow. But again, just you know, mentioning of it because. That was the beginning of hip hop, and like, yeah, we knew hip hop started in the Bronx, but it also kind of blossomed in Queens not much later. So there's that back and forth dynamic, and as she was battling people in Queens, she was also battling, you know, people all over the city. So yeah, just a little mention of that, you know, would have been nice, or something along the lines, and that would have would have been nice to see in the film as well. Yeah, there was no mention of the Roxanne Wars that you said, and there were so many responses. That was such a huge thing. Everybody was piggybacking off of this feud and these rap battles and back and forth dialogue. It became a little cottage industry of sorts. There was like over 30 of these types of songs that all started with UTFO and then Roxanne Chante. And there was not a mention of that. Like, I like to see that this spawned so many other acts um, because she came up with this back and forth. Her collaboration with sparky d yeah they were kind of rivals and they that kind of teamed up and like i said i would like to see even an epilogue explaining some of that as well as what happened to some of these folks like it doesn't if you are on the periphery of hip-hop you don't you're not as steeped in it as we are i'd like to them to spell out how huge bismarcky came to be Nas, you know he's a lot he's even more well known even her friend Renita, Ray, Sparky D, Marley Marl's distinguished career. Like I like I would like to see some of that kind of like spelled out as to this person went on to do this and, right. and all that. Yep. Yeah, you mentioned Sparky D. And it was cool that they actually mentioned Sparky. I'm like, I would have been kind of disappointed if they didn't mention Sparky D. But one thing that I did see in that in Sparky D's portrayal in the film that I didn't really realize is that they were rivals and they battled one another repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. But when Shantae was getting shortchanged by the manager, when he claimed to have been robbed of his money after paying Marley Marl and paying Sparky, hit the money that he was going to get Shantae was stolen. Sparky actually came out of her pocket and was like, hey, listen, you know, despite what we say against one another, you know, we're still women. You know, we still got to look out for one another. And I actually gave Shantae some money. And I was like, wow. Like, that was kind of touching because I, I never, I've never heard any mention of that ever. And, you know, Shantae did sign off on it. So I'm like, she signed off on this movie. So that, I'm like, that probably, that actually probably happened somewhere. So it was good to, you know, see that, you know, in the film as well. Yeah, it was a nice touch by Sparky D. I remember as a kid hearing the, the Roxanne, Roxanne, Roxanne's Revenge. And I always remember the part of the educated rapper. And she's going back and forth, the educated rapper. And I had to look him up again. He was one of the four members of UTFO. Mm-hmm. Known as, his name was Jeffrey Campbell or EMD, and uh, he passed. I was looking up. He passed away back in 2017, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then Kango passed away. Kango passed away last year. Yeah. Kango kid. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That was recent. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I thought the movie moved a little bit slowly in the beginning because it was some of the character development, but then it kind of picked up and. Uh, the rap battle scenes were great. She really put everybody in their place, whether it was male or female. <laughs> she would just destroy people. Yeah. So precocious. 
at such a young age, having that type of flow was incredible. I remember one time I heard a story about the, one of the battles and like it was at a block party or something like that. And she was supposed to battle someone and she was getting ready to perform and somebody said, oh, shoot, there goes her mother. And then he realized that her mother was coming, coming through the crowd to snatch her up and take her back home. But they didn't show that. They didn't show that in the film. But I, like I always remember hearing that story. But like this is when they showed like they were on their way towards the battle, and um, Peggy told her to you know win that fifty bucks. <laughs> that was the first thing I wrote down. I don't care what you yeah. do as long as you win that fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so that that had to happen after the the story that I heard about because now Peggy's on the side of let's go get this money now. <laughs> Oh, we can make money from this. All right. Well, go get right. <laughs> Let's get this bread. <laughs> Bring home the cheddar. <laughs> Upping the ante a little bit. Like, yeah. I'm not doing a $50 contest. I want 100 And then it was 250 yeah. She kept up and up. Like, I won $100 contests. No problem. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm battle for $250. let us go. <laughs> I like that like part. Yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah. You should know your worth. I think that's an important message. Yes, yes, know your worth absolutely. <laughs> but uh, Roxanne Chantel, I listen to her when I drive home from work. I listen to her every day. Just about she's she hosts the Have a Nice Day show on um, Rock the Bells radio station by by LL Cool J on Sirius XM. She hosts that show with DJ Cool V, who's one of her longtime friends and collaborators, and also one of the DJs from the Juice Crew. So I listened to her, you know, she's on there from like, what, three to, I think, three or four to seven, four to seven, yeah, three to seven. And she cracks me up. She's hilarious. She's raw. And she tells a lot, of, like, every now and then she'll tell some of these little stories that, anecdotal stories that, you know, popped up in the film. So I was like, wow, it was kind of cool to see some of that stuff. She definitely knows her work now. And she does a lot of motivational speaking and things like that, outreach and talking to women, you know, women's groups and things like that, that have to deal with um, domestic violence and, and et cetera. So she definitely knows her work now. I mean, and now she's actually performing again. Like before she wouldn't perform at all. So now she'll actually go perform some of her songs now too. So which which is good. Like she's in, she's re-embracing herself um, as an MC, and um, she does a little freestyles on the radio every now and then as well. <laughs> so it's cool to to hear that, that she hasn't she hasn't lost it. <laughs> Other than those those couple of things that those little nuances that we didn't get to see, like I would have wished they would have developed a little bit more. I do think the film does. Is it? I do think it's entertaining. It could, it could get you on that little rabbit hole spiral effect where you start trying to dig and find out who she really was and I mean who she really is and what has she done. Uh, so it definitely holds that significance. So uh, did you enjoy the music is one of the things we always ask. And there's a lot of Roxanne Shantae's music. Yeah, it was great. The great, great songs. Yeah, one of my favorite 80s songs was in this was in this I Can't Wait, My New Shoes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, Oh man, so good! Oh, oh man, I heard. I was like, "Oh my god, yes!" An all-time <laughs> banger. Yep. Yes, it was. <laughs> that reminds me of roller skating. That one, and whenever I hear "Let the Music Play" by Shannon, like those are just great classics. Yeah. Classics. That's a wow. Yeah, music's great, and you know, I don't think the question we ask about could it be made today. It was only a few years ago. And it's a, yeah. It was basically made today. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah, it was basically made today, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you, did you hear Egyptian Lover? Um, 
Yes. The Egypt, Egypt song. Yeah. <laughs> That's a funny one. Playing in the club. Yeah. Yeah. Entertaining musically for sure. Honestly, you want to go around and do our overall ratings as we typically do. So, Boogie, as a rating for this, would you say bring that funky flick back? Bring that, bring funky, that funky flick, flick back, back? Or leave it in the vault? Yeah, despite some of the lackings that we mentioned earlier, I would say that um, I like to bring this funky flick back just off of the cultural significance of it. It's not a documentary, but you get a nice, you know, solid portrayal of some of the stuff that happened in her life. So, yeah, bring that funky flick back. Kind of right? Yeah. It does lack some context and placing her legacy in context, but Shante Adams, you know, five stars. Terrific. Bring this funky flick back. Right, so I'm going to take a hard line here. I'm going to say definitely watch it for the acting. Watch it once, but I'm going to say leave it in the vault. And the reason I say that is because of all those shortcomings. Do your research. Learn about Roxanne Shante. She is significant. But there's so much more to her story. So watch it well, watch it once, do additional research, follow her on the social medias, listen to her on Rock the Bells. But um, I wasn't overly impressed myself as a film. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. We haven't had to leave it in the vault for a while, so <laughs> good. Speak your truth. Yeah, you can't have a perfect record here. <laughs> got to draw a line in the sand sometimes. I mean, if this was, if we had a rating system, we would probably, I would probably put this in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Right. Hip Hop Movie Club is produced by your HHMCs, JB, Boogie, and Dino Wright. Theme music by Boogie. Check us out on TikTok and Instagram at Hip Hop Movie Club. On the next episode of the Hip Hop Movie Club podcast, your HHMCs will review How High. It drops in two weeks. Subscribe today in your favorite podcast app and you won't miss it. Shout out to your listeners. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, don't hate, celebrate. Celebrate good times. Come on. Celebrate. <laughs> Celebration. Shout out to Brain Freeze Trivia in the Lehigh Valley. Check out the Instagram, brain underscore freeze underscore trivia double underscore time that's brain freeze trivia time on instagram